Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the mystery short story, The Rabbi's Wife Stayed Home by Deborah Goldstein. It's read by local actor Donna Beavers. The Rabbi's Wife Stayed Home was published in Mysterical E in April of 2014. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. I'm not your typical rabbi's wife. Oh, I bring chicken soup to the sick and meet with any woman who doesn't feel comfortable talking to my husband. But most of Dick's congregants have never viewed me as a true rebbitson. They think I spend too much time in the secular world rather than ministering to their needs. I do. As a psychologist specializing in marriage and family counseling, my clients come from all walks of life. If I provided the same type of services only to temple members, the people whispering behind my back might think of me as a perfect rabbi's wife. Of course, I'd probably go nuts. The reality is that I enjoy being there for congregants but I need a life outside of them. Besides, I'm pretty good at what I do. I'm also a good mother, loyal friend, ski fanatic, and klutz. (laughs) Right now, klutz is at the top of my list. Yesterday, I was coming down the cement steps outside my office when I missed a step. I guess I was distracted because I was texting Anne, my neighbor and early morning bicycling partner, to let her know I wouldn't be riding next week because I'd be at Dick's annual Breckenridge Rabbinical Conference. I tried to catch myself and save my phone, but I didn't do a good job at either. It's bad enough being stuck at home for the next few weeks in a boot, but I definitely could do without Dick's comments about... Being the poster child for the 12-step plan against texting and walking. Eh, accidents happen. I'm not giving up texting. In fact, I've already texted our kids to let them know I'll be home alone because their dad still insists on going to his study-slash-ski meeting. I also sent one to Anne to see if she rode this morning. From the pings I'm hearing, I'm starting to get some responses. How? Mobile. Hi, Mom. Sent you a book. Figured with you not skiing with Dad this week, you might like something to read while you're home. Feel better. Anne Roberts, Mobile. No, not quite. I went home last night, promising myself I would try to be the dutiful wife. But as we lay in bed, him snoring and me seething... I had the urge to kill him. When I found myself debating whether to stab him with a kitchen knife, beat him with the lamp he insisted I turn off when I still wanted to read, or just wait until morning and put some type of poison in his oatmeal, I knew I should leave. Whoa! I read Anne's message again. A cry for help or a threat? She and Tommy had a rough patch last year, but from what she shared on our bike rides, I thought that was behind them. Apparently not. This is serious. Tommy could be in danger. 
I'm obligated as a therapist to call the police if someone makes a homicidal threat. But how can I report Anne? Knowing Tommy and some of his selfish demands, he might deserve anything Anne does. Slap my face. I can't think like that. I took an oath to report things like this. But Anne isn't my patient. Arguably, that makes my obligation to call the police moral, not legal. But what kind of therapist or rabbi's wife would I be if I ignored her message? Before I do anything else, I need to talk, or at least text Anne. Ever since she got a new smartphone a couple of weeks ago, she reads and answers messages almost as fast as I send them. I think she probably sleeps closer to the phone than she does to Tommy. Robin Goldblatt, Mobile. Got your message. Call me. I need to talk to you immediately. Remember, I'm always here for you. No response. I would pace around the house or clean my baseboards, waiting for Anne to text or call. But I'm stuck in this chair with my foot propped higher than heart level. It hasn't even been five minutes, but I glance at my phone again. What if she does something before she reads my text? I decide to revert to the old-fashioned way of making contact, calling her landline. Tommy answers. Hello. Uh, hello, Tommy. May I speak to Anne? She's out running errands. You can probably catch her on her cell. I'll try that. Tommy, by the way, how are you feeling? Fine, thanks. Would you like to come down here for breakfast? No, thanks. I just had a big breakfast. My heart pounds as my stomach flip-flops. Oh, did Anne whip you up some eggs or make oatmeal? As subtle as I'm trying to be, my voice sounds like I'm screeching. No, I didn't want to be poisoned. I went to McDonald's. As much as I'm not fond of fast food, today I hang up the phone muttering a prayer, thanking God for the creation of McDonald's. I text Anne again. Nothing. Sitting in this chair, time seems to have stopped moving. I remember what Tommy said about calling her, so I again pick up my cell. Before I can punch in her number, my cell pings. What a sweet sound. Ann Roberts, mobile. What's up? Are you okay? Do you need me to bring you something? No problem. I'm out running errands. She sounds calm. I'm not as I type in my next message. We need to talk ASAP. If you're feeling a little agitated, I'll be glad to listen. Want to run by for a cup of tea? I don't put the phone down as I wait for her to respond. She really is taking way too long. Ann Roberts, Mobile. OMG, I just scrolled up and saw the long message that's getting you so upset. That stuff about the oatmeal isn't mine. It's Cynthia's. Robin Goldblatt, Mobile. Cynthia's? Let's talk about this. Ann Roberts, Mobile. It's part of one of her short stories. She asked me to read it for her, and I read it on my new phone. I must have hit something wrong. You have to believe me. 
It's from one of Cynthia's crime stories. Robin Goldblatt, Mobile. I'm so relieved. I'd love to read her story. She always writes such realistic murder pieces. Why don't you forward it to me or have her send me a copy? It would give me something to do while Dick is away. In the meantime, stop by so we can commiserate about whatever Tommy has been up to and how Dick is going skiing without me. Anne Roberts, Mobile. Will do. I'll bring lunch over for you, and I'll call Cynthia to send you a copy of her story. BTW, Tommy may drive me crazy sometimes, but I'd never put something in his oatmeal. Smiley face emoji. Relieved and delighted that my lunch will be taken care of, I put my cell phone down. Maybe Anne wouldn't put something in her husband's oatmeal, but I would. This reading of The Rabbi's Wife Stayed Home was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on her website, DebraGoldstein.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even $1 a month can make a difference and we really could use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. We would like to give a shout out and a huge thank you to our new patron, Michelle Howell. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. And if you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And of course, be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery.